podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Premier League forecast uh, Friday night, and do you know what? It's back. Football yes. is back, and we're going to be so washed with football for the next six weeks that we'll be looking to World Cup for relief by the end of it. 13 games in the next 43 days for size of Europe. Is that yeah. many? Bring it on. It is 13 games. Uh, it's a game every three days for the size that are in, in Europe, and it's just got to be a marathon from here on in. Uh, good evening, Luke. Good evening, Joe. And good evening, Kevin. We made yes, it. Yes, you got there. <laughs> Get in. Chris bet me that I wouldn't, and I did. So, Luke, you haven't been on for a while. How have you been? Um, busy? Been pretty busy. I've changed jobs, just got my degree, so it's been pretty busy. I've not watched any football over the past three weeks, so I've actually had a nice relaxing break. Didn't watch any international football. So I'm refreshed, ready for Premier League for six weeks. So I'm pretty refreshed. I've not okay. watched England, so they so have they can't. Been, have you been keeping up with the UFC? Is there anything much coming up over the week, next couple of weeks in England? Um, I think they've got a couple of fight nights, and then it's UFC 280, which is on, um, which is going to be on BT Sport. It's on at a decent time. It's actually oh. on at prime time, but it's on BT Sport box office, so it's going to have to be twenty oh. quid. The favourite, which is an absolute no, no that ain't no fun. Words uh, <laughs> that is not fun. That is just that sucks ass to be honest. Mm. Joe, good evening, welcome. First time on the show. How have you been? How are you? Yeah, good mate. Um, been a busy week, as I was saying off air. We just finished um, interviewing one of our uh, ex chairmans who basically saved our football club. So lots of planning and um, in between. Uh, my 14-month-old learning to walk. So, yeah, as you can imagine, it's been quite the week. Yeah, it's a bit of a hairy time at the minute. It's it's a crazy time at your club at the minute as well, but we'll get into that in a bit. Kevin, yeah. how are you? You all good? All, all good. Everyone's doing big things. I've, I, ain't doing, I ain't got anything interesting to say. I don't know. You're, you're, you're back streaming. FIFA. You're, yeah, yeah, but you're yeah, back but, streaming um, again. People you're... are graduating, meeting yeah. board owners and kids walking, and I'm playing FIFA 23, so... No, nothing to. You got the priorities right, mate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Look, uh, we may as well just crack on, get into it. Um, We'd normally do four games, but look, the three games that we're going to pick out are massive uh, for very different reasons. We're going to talk about the two derbies, the North London derby. We'll talk about the Manchester derby. And obviously, we'll talk Brighton, Liverpool. And. There's so much to cover in in all of these three games, but look, we'll start in London. And we'll work our way. We'll work our way up. Um, Luke, Arsenal have had a banging start to the season, despite the Manchester United result. Hmm. How do you think their season's going so far, and what are you expecting to come from this? Because it's the first game of the weekend, and hmm. it's going to be held for leather from here on in now, really. 
Yeah, I think for the start of Arsenal's season, I think it surprised a lot of people. It's definitely surprised me because at the start of the season, I was having bets that they were going to finish fifth. I still believe that they will finish fifth eventually, but I think the start of the season has been like surprisingly how how like they've with was games that they struggled last season, like with Palace, like with newly promoted sides, they were like, oh, they're actually learning. They're actually going to grounds that they've not done well at and they're getting out with with a win. And obviously the criticism comes in, oh, they've not really played anyone great. And then their first big test United, uh, against United, I thought that they were doing okay. And then I think when United, I think when it was 1-1, Arteta just changed the whole... I think it like was the whole one once we scored our second one. I think he brought one like yeah. I think two one down, and then he just just mm. changed the whole thing, which he didn't need to do, and then just looked like a just looked a bit of a shit show at the end. But I think this is going to be the real test now for Arsenal because it's going to be a game every three days. They've got Europe. I think the thing that cost them last season to get to to finish in top four was key injuries, and it looks like at the moment that. Players that were doubtful for the North London derby are going to be back, like Party, Tierney, uh, no, not Tierney, Zinchenko. Obviously, Emil Smith Rowe is going to be out for a while because he's getting surgery. So, Arsenal having players coming back is big, but let's see how how it goes with the game every three days because Arsenal didn't have it last season when they weren't in Europe. So, this is going to be is going to be a big test yeah. for for Arsenal between now and till the World Cup. Uh, Kevin, is it a case with both sides? There's almost a case that there's uh, more questions than answers for both yeah, sides. I think it's quite weird. I think Tottenham, despite getting good results, haven't played well. Um, I think, like, in terms, listen, they've got the results. You can see that that's 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 great. But yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not overly convinced by them. I do think they'll easily get top four because I think outside of City, I think they're probably the best side and have got uh, with Klopp probably one of the better managers as well. Um, and then with Arsenal, obviously we beat Arsenal. I think, like um, like you said, I think they just got a bit naive. I think Arteta was at 2-1 and just kind of lumped everyone on and we kind of breezed past them, like towards those last 25 minutes. I think they're good. I think they're going to really struggle with the 13 games in, what was you said, like 40 days, wasn't it? Yeah, 13 yeah. and 43. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think they have the depth. I think the midfield, they've really struggled with depth. I think... If they lose Jesus, I think they'd really struggle. I think also probably if they lose Salibur, I think I think Ben White's don't wrong, Ben White's good. But I think Salibur has shown to be like one of the best centre backs in the Premier League this year so far. So um like you said, I think it is there's just so many questions. And I think this game is, is probably bigger for Arsenal because after losing to Manu, everyone's now furthering that narrative of right, you can beat the the, the worst of teams, but how are you gonna fare against a better team? So I think there's a lot of questions that can be answered for Arsenal. Yeah. Well, Joe, um, you've got the two managers, you've got their two philosophies. And to me, I think Spurs are the kryptonite to Arsenal. Arsenal, this version of Arsenal under Arteta, to me anyway, feels like they're tailor-made for a Conte to, uh, to absolutely do whatever he wants tomorrow. How do you see it going? Uh, yeah, I mean, Arsenal had a really good start to the season. Um, but as we say, like, the, the, their first 
massive test against United, sort of struggled a little bit. Um, you question whether Arteta is is, is tactically and uh, well enough to to be a top end manager. Um, but obviously, as I said, the, the start of the season playing against teams that normally they would struggle against, and and they've got the results. So. Um, It'll be a really. This will be a bigger test than the United test for Arteta, right? I think with all that's riding on the game, and obviously extra pressure in a, in a North London derby. So, it'd be a really interesting game. Well, there's a question. Someone's put a comment. Bonkers has put a comment in there about Basuma is not getting much game time at Spurs at the minute. When he left Brighton, I'll be honest. I thought the fee was the Spurs that you guys got was more than fair. I thought it yeah. was. I thought Spurs did very well to get him at that fee, to be honest. Are you surprised by how little Conte is used in? Or do you think it's a case that he's got to adapt to being that two-man midfield, box-to-box, in a Conte system? And has he got that in his locker? Coming out of the Graham Potter system where he knew his job week in, week out, um, obviously it's different under Conte because with Graham Potter, he was the main man. He was the first name on the team sheet. I mean, he's he's not that at, at Spurs. Um, the the fee um, we thought was a fair one as well. To be honest, a year left on his contract didn't look like he was going to sign a new one. So to be honest, you you're probably booting him out the door for thirty million pounds plus five million pounds add-ons as well. Um, so it's really good business for us for a player that we bought for I think around eight million pounds. Um, yeah. And it's it's a shame to see him on on the bench for Spurs because. We've seen him week in, week out. I know that he can be probably one of the best midfielders in the Premier League if he's given the game time. Um, and I, I, I hope for his sake that he, he is given some more time because, as I say, he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's an awful lot of Liverpool fans clamouring for us to go after him in the summer. Same for us as well. Yeah, I, th- I, I think he would have had the pick of clubs wherever he wanted to go, whether he wanted to stay in the South Coast Close to, I mean, London is a huge draw. It, it just is, you know. And Spurs, big club, big manager. You know, yeah. And, there was even talks with him going back to France, PSG, Monaco as well. We're looking at him. So yeah, as you say, Champions League clubs, and he just probably picked the best one for him at at, at the time. Yeah, he'll what, do. I think he'll do well. At, end up at Spurs is a bit ironic. Just <laughs> what's that? For for a Arsenal fan like Presumer to end up at Spurs. Just well, you know, these days in I, football, that means nothing. I, yeah, that means absolutely nothing when you see the article that was in the Daily Mail today about Conor Cody celebrating his goal that wasn't mm-hmm. and said it was the best feeling he's ever had in a football pitch. We Go said that he'd score on the show as well because we covered yeah. that week, didn't we? We said it'd be <laughs> ironic if he got one. Yeah, we did actually. Uh, but can you believe it's that long since we've all had a game? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Especially yeah. mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for us as well, our, our game against Palace was cancelled because of yeah, just rail strikes, strikes, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so it's like we've gone even longer as well. Well, we're the same with Man U. Same with Man U. We didn't play. Yeah, obviously. We had Europe, so it wasn't too bad. We had the. I mean, the thing is, if we were leaving, I, I watched Klopp's press conference today. If the last game before this break was the Napoli game, oh dear God, oh, you know, we'd have been in an awful state. But at least yeah. with the IX game, you're leaving. You're coming off thinking, yeah, okay, that we can see signs of something. But look, go back to North London. Um, Partey, Zinchenko, Tomiyasu, or doubts. 
Smith Raw out, as you say. Uh, tyranny concussion. Now, I don't know if any of you guys follow NFL. Last weekend, there was a Miami Dolphins player who looked like he was doing a jig on 20 points of Guinness when he was walk, being helped off the pitch. And he played last night. And the only picture that I saw of him was on the floor in bits. Didn't know where the hell he was. Yeah. Serious concussion. And to me, it's something the Premier League are really lax. And football in general are really lax on his concussion protocols. I don't think Tierney should be anywhere near a football pitch. No. Anywhere near a football days, pitch. I think. I think it's 10 days. If you get concussion, 10 days, yeah. you can't play so, for 10 days, which, which would rule him out. It, well, I think Zinchenko is going to be back for Arsenal. BBC have got him um, down as a maybe. I think it's crazy. But Odegaard is back. Kulisevsky is out. Lloris Davies, maybe. Looks more... Yeah, I sort of think that Lloris might be good to go, which would yeah, be big Lloris for Spurs if, if he was good to go. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the only way I see this game going, I don't know if you guys agree or not, I see Spurs saying to Arsenal, look, you have the ball. Come and break yeah. us down. And yeah. we'll just pick you off. And we'll have fun doing it. That's because you'll have Rich, Richarlison, Son and Kane with... The two, I don't like the system. Son got fire as well. Son, so yeah. good. Well, he, he's, well, not, no, he's been really bad. He's just had that, that, yeah, that second season, half, didn't he? Yeah, but then going into internationals as well, he, he yeah. carried on the form that he, he did. He left yeah. I think yeah. you, could, you could argue Richardson well, has been in better form probably out of the three. I think Richardson. Yeah. The thing is, if it, wasn't really for well. that Le- if it wasn't for that Leicester game, Son was having a mare. Mm-hmm. You know, even to a case where. You know, you people, you look at stats, you look at goals and assists and what have you. But his actual all-around game was off, you know. Yeah. And, mm. and I think an awful lot of it is her, the shortened preseason, players yeah. coming back early, the long haul of last season and the intensity that last season was played in. But, Luke, tomorrow, if you're going to pin your nail to the collar, what's, what would be your uh, your scores Scores on the pinned it to the collar you'd go Arsenal win because Spurs haven't won at the Emirates for over 10 years um, but with that being said I'll probably go for a draw because if you look at it this game is bigger for Arsenal to win because if Arsenal lost this game you'd lose the record to not losing to Spurs at home for a decade and then that's your second big six team which you lost and then you've got Liverpool coming around the corner which you could end up losing losing three out of your three against the big six. And then from what a good start of the season is, now looks to a, oh, not so great. But if yeah. Spurs lose against Arsenal, it's like, well, it's Arsenal at the Emirates. Spurs are expected to lose. And even if Spurs get a point, it's still a better it's still a better result than Arsenal getting a point. So for that, I'm going to go with a draw, 1-1. Kevin? I I I I think Tottenham will win, but not not because of all the other stuff. I just think it's a young manager, young team, and I just I don't see a world where Tottenham, like you said, don't just sit back and catch them. I just the only way it doesn't happen is if Arsenal get a really early goal and have to draw Spurs out. But I think I think it's going to be so dependent on that first goal. I think if Tottenham score first, they win. And then I think if Arsenal score first, they win as well. I don't see actually probably a draw even happening. I just think it's that first goal was going to be absolutely like 
brutal for whoever whoever gets mm. it. So you see Richarlison scoring as well. Yeah, I just I just I think if if I had to put a prediction, I think it might end up two 0 or two one Spurs, just because I think the counter attack's gonna be way too strong. And I think eventually Arsenal will just chuck everything at the at the wall again and we'll see how that goes. But Joe, how would you be uh scoring this one? Yeah, so much riding on it. You'd probably say both teams are just hold out for a nil-nil draw so they don't lose the game. Um, but I, I think it could. There, there could be goals in there. Obviously, Kane, um, Son uh, all provide goals. Richarlison, as you say, um, and then Gabriel Jesus for for Arsenal. I, I think it could. I'll probably go with a, a two-all. Desmond, fair play. Uh, I think Arsenal will win this four-one. Uh, purely oh, simply, geez. I think they're just. I think they're too strong defensively. I think Arsenal are too naive. In in parts of their game, and Wait, I think say Spurs would say Spurs for one. No, Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Did I? Think, uh, uh, did I? Uh, See, yeah. He said Arsenal for yeah. one. I was like, wow. No, yeah, even Spurs, I will. <laughs> no, Spurs for one, and a lot wow. of the reason I think where Spurs will win this, I think Perisic is key. Mm-hmm. I think Perisic yes. from Spurs. set pieces, his set piece delivery is top tier, and Spurs are so strong in the air with the three centre backs with Kane. Um, that's a hell of Hoiberg a as well. You know they're really strong um, at set pieces. I think they'll get chances on the counter. As I said, I just look at Arsenal and I think you've beat who you're supposed to beat, but when you've asked been asked serious questions, they've come up short. And having spent a quarter of a billion quid, it's uh, piss off, Chris. <laughs> yeah, after after spending a quarter of a billion quid on a squad, um, I don't think they're there yet. But I think that Arsenal, Arsenal have bought really well. They've bought really young, and they're all going to grow together. They're all going to mature together. And they're doing similar things to what we did with Klopp at the start, where they were both a young group of players about to do something. So it might not be this season, but I think it's vital for them to get top four. But I think they can be. I think Conte is too good. I think Conte is too clever. And Spurs, if they can get their front three scoring and firing, I think they're they're a live wire in a live threat this season. It's just a case of how long can they last. Um, look, we're moving on. Uh, Liverpool, Brighton. Um, Go to Joe first. Joe, you guys have had some serious upheaval in the last in the last few weeks. You look, it, 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 the floor the floor is yours, <laughs> mate. What's going on at Brighton? <laughs> oh, um, well, a guy called Graham Potter left um, quite abruptly to uh, Chelsea um, and took. It not only did Graham Potter leave, but he took all of our staff, including probably the tea lady, with him. Um, and included in that backroom staff um, was club legend Bruno, um, which hurt us more than gra- losing Graham Potter um, because a guy that's been at the club for 11 odd years, um, when he retired, came out on the pitch and said, once a seagull, always a seagull. And we thought, yeah, he's going to stay with us you know, forever until he gets his managerial opportunity and then to leave for Chelsea. It it stung, um, and I'm still I'm still in the grieving process. <laughs> were, you, were you surprised he went? Because a lot of us, when we when we saw it, 
Well, we saw the Chelsea job coming up with Tuchel. We, everyone that I know, all Liverpool fans that I follow on social media, we all pretty much said yeah, Potter would be ideal, but is Chelsea really the right fit for him? Uh, how, do you, how do you see it? When it's Chelsea who's sacked their manager every two seconds because they're not getting wins against you know um, teams that they feel entitled to get wins against, um, you sort of worry for for Graham Potter because I'm I'm a fan that yeah I was a bit like peed off when it, when he left, but I'm still going to wish him well and I'd still hope that he he does well, um, because I, I met him a few times. He's a lovely man. Um, and you sort of hope for for his sake that they have changed their philosophy in um, what they expect from a manager in, in such a short period of time, uh, especially with the way Graham wants to play because it's extremely progressive. Um, he gets players that you would never think would play in a certain position into a certain position. Um, like we had Solly March, who was a predominantly an attacking player, moved to left wing back, um, which was strange for us. Pascal Gross, who you would imagine as a sort of shadow striker, move at right back, which was really odd. Um, so you, you just hope that they were given time. Um, and I wasn't surprised because he'd done such a good job with us. Yeah, I wasn't surprised that Chelsea came calling. I was surprised that he went because um, I think Chris is spot on. I think he would have Money, been absolutely, it would have been perfect for England. With the crop of players in England, I mean, Kevin, how do you how do you see that? For me, uh, I think it would with the crop of young English players that are coming through, say from twenty five down, down the age groups to under twenty one level, someone like a Graham Potter coming in for the next two tournaments, you know, the next Euros, the next World Cup after that, I think he'd have been ideal. He'd have been perfect for yeah, for England um, to bring. Him I mean, I, I think he would have fit it. I just think. I I don't think it would actually be enough for him. Like I think he would do it probably, but I just feel like it's not active enough. Mm. And I feel like I kind of I, as soon as I saw the rumours of him going to Chelsea, I, I I kind of knew straight away. I felt like it was going to happen. Um, I think if you get, like, I don't think you're going to be able to keep Brighton at fourth place throughout the whole year. Um, and it's very rare a chance that one of the big six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe. Listen, I might be wrong. I don't know, but. Um, it's one of them where I just don't like. In my opinion, they he couldn't have kept that up. I don't think his stock could have really been any higher. And I think everything kind of came together at a perfect time. His he was probably playing the best football as a manager. Chelsea needed someone to probably take over the club. And I, I think it'll be interesting to see how Chelsea deal with their managers coming up now. Obviously, with the change in ownership, um, I don't. Remember, I do think Graham Potter suits being at a club where he's given the time. To build the infrastructure and things like that, but Not the wrong club for um, that. Uh, on under that previous ownership, I would agree. But uh, yeah. we'll see. Obviously, what Todd Bowley does, um, he might prove me completely wrong, and um, I don't know. But I think if Chelsea can deal with Graham Potter the right way and give him time, um, I think he could be a real, real success there. I just don't. I just never saw the England thing coming. I think he's way too important, really. No. He, he's he's one of those managers, isn't he, Luke? Um, they don't come across. They don't come along often. I think it was Laura put up the comment that he would have been too good for England. Yeah, you know, and um, we've seen that with uh, English with the FA before, where they had the chance to appoint certain managers and they never did. But look, 
how do we go about this? Because we're not in any great shakes, any great form. We had a good performance in Ajax, but that aside, we're on shaky ground. Yeah. Look, we're good home. We're really good home record. I think twenty six unbeaten at home. But how do you prepare for this Brighton? Because we don't know what the hell this Brighton is. New manager bounce, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I mean, I was watching Klopp's press conference today, and he was like, "Do we prepare for the Graham Potter set pieces, or do we go for this guy's set pieces? Were we watching the Shakhtar Donetsk?" Routines or Brighton. How do we do it? Yeah, I, I, Brighton playing Brighton gives me the heebie-jeebies. Anyway, they're one of these. I'll I'll ask. I'll come to it in a minute. But how do you feel going into tomorrow? Um, I don't know. I, I, it's odd playing a team with a new manager because you always get that new manager bounce. Players that haven't been involved involved under Potter want to prove themselves under the Zerbi. but it's really, it's really difficult because Liverpool have been pretty poor. I wouldn't say poor, they've been pretty bang average for the start of the season. And I think the international break probably came at the correct time. Actually, the Chelsea game being postponed probably came at the right time. Players had rest. Um, the international break's probably been good for some players because they've actually, players are coming back in form, players didn't go, players barely got used. So I feel like Liverpool should be coming back with most of their players back and should be like, look, we've got until the World Cup to basically turn the season around. So I just hope like 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 we've had the the poor start and now we're gonna start again and really try to push towards the title. But it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be difficult and yeah, you know, which Brighton team turns up, you don't know. Well, I watched uh, the Zerbi's press conference today, and to me, his English is good enough. He can get his point across when he needs to. I don't think he needs the interpreter there, but I think that's more of um, look. I just want to, I don't want to be misquoted early on. But what are you expecting from him, and what do you expect? Because he's he hasn't had long to work with the team, has he? Joe, sorry, me, sorry, yeah, sorry, Joe, um, yeah. No, he's not had long, um, especially as well with the international break and being there. So uh, quite a few of our players have, have been out of action, well, out of action with him um, in, in their countries. So um, it's a very quick turnaround for that for our key players to get across what he wants. And as you say, will it be um, him replicating what Graham Potter was doing with the team? Has he got enough time to put across his point? So for for me as well, like we, all we see is the the twelve minute press conferences and the the two minute cl- training clips they put up every day. Yeah. Um. So we really don't know what to expect. Um. I'm I'm fearful because Liverpool, as you say, haven't had the the start to the season that they would want at all. Um. So they're going to come out fighting, and I'm I'm fearful of a, of a nine nil loss or something like that. <laughs> I just don't know what to expect from Deserby. Like I, I've read up so much about him, but you can only do so much reading before you have to see his team um, play in front of you, uh, and then you can make your real judgment. But I'm mm. excited. It's it's going to be a real tough month for him because we've got Liverpool, we've got Spurs, we've got City, all in the space of a month. So it's going to be a real test, um, and it's sort of a chuck 
chuck you chuck you in the deep end uh, and let's see how you swim. <laughs> well, how's your squad looking health wise? I see Adam Lalana is going to be missing tomorrow, which is a shame. Um, love seeing him when he comes back. Um, really good player. Uh, was a good player for us, but his body let him down, and yeah. that was that was his biggest problem. I was delighted for him to get the move, but it's um, he he seems to be better fitness wise. You know how yeah. how how are you. I think it probably coincided with working under Bruno, who's obviously now moved on to Chelsea because he played until he was like thirty nine. Yeah, I think he was thirty eight. Um, and he had a really strict fitness regime. And um, so I would imagine he probably helped the likes of Danny Welbeck, who's notorious for injuries, Adam Lallana, as you say. Um, but I think Adam Lallana's had a really good start to the season. It's um, a real shame that obviously he won't be part of the squad tomorrow. Um, as well, we, we're without Enoch and Wepu, um, who scored the, the wonder goal against you last yeah. year. Um, He's not bad, is he? I don't know if he meant it, but <laughs> I'm no, sure he'll take it. He didn't. Um, <laughs> Not all, but hell did he mean it. He's got, he's got an illness. Um, and I think Tarek Lamptey is a doubt as well. Um, but nice. we're pretty much we're pretty much okay with the squad that we've been starting with, to be honest. Because um, Tarek hasn't yeah. been in favour. Um, it's been Solly March ahead of him. Um, so... Yeah, squad-wise, we're, we're looking okay, but there's a few figures in there like Adam Lallana. You'd want him on the bench because his leadership is second to none. And what he'd done when Graham Potter left, taking over with Andrew Crofts, helping us in that interim period was phenomenal. Um, and the chairman and our CEO spoke so highly of him. Um, and we're really lucky to have him at our football club. Cool. Kevin, um, Moses Caicedo is going to be one... Brighton player that is going to be on everyone's shopping list. Hands off. If not, Jan- if not January, <laughs> next summer for certain. He's crap. You don't want him. <laughs> Would you take him? Would you take him, kid? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's half a time. I don't know where he really plays. I, he plays in midfield sometimes. Oh, he plays. Um, listen, I, I, I think he's a great player, but is it someone that we probably need? No. Like obviously, I, I think he's a midfielder. Like I, I, half the time, I see him just with Graham Potter. You never know. Like he, one day he was on the right wing, <laughs> one day he was in his box to box. So, um, but I think there's there's a lot of rumours about other players. Obviously, there's still some stuff going on around us about Dion and even Bellingham. There's stuff like that keeps popping up as well. Yeah, so yeah, you don't want to be getting um, that mix. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, won't we? But because um, <laughs> we were rumoured to get him years ago under Ollie and oh, whatever, but. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Listen, I think he's a great player, um, but is he probably for Manu? No, I, I think I'm kind of I'm a bit scared of taking risks after the last few years. So, um, but I'm sure within a year or two he's going to end up at a good club wherever that may be. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. How do you find Brighton, Kevin? I was going to. How do you find Brighton to watch? Because look, you're the neutral in this mm. fixture, really. To me, I think they're up with Palace to be. Decide I go out of my way to watch because I know, I know, I know the Terry Venables thing. Yeah, look, I think the two sides are so entertaining Mm. that you go out of your way to watch them if they're if they're on the telly, you watch them, yeah, you know, whether you've got a vested interest or not. Are you the same or 
Yeah, I, I think they're brilliant. I, I, I'm actually terrified of playing Brighton. I would half the time I'd rather play Arsenal than I would Brighton. We can't beat them. We get battered, but like it was like four, was it four nil at the end of last year? We lost two one first game of the season. I hate playing Brighton. Um, I hate it. So keep them away from me, to be honest. But I love watching them, and I like the fact that they take points to other big clubs as well. So I am I'm a Brighton mini fan in terms of when you're not playing me. <laughs> until, but they, leave, until they play yeah, you. Yeah, just leave yeah, us alone, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we need to skip that one. But yeah, and yeah. same with Palace. I think Palace are doing a great job. I think their recruitment's been brilliant. I love that Joachim Anderson. I'd happily take him. But um, yeah, he's yeah, Palace are great as well. As he as well. But uh, Luke, tomorrow, 3pm kickoff, Anfield. It, they, we need to see a reaction tomorrow, don't we? We yeah, need, to, we need think... to get back into it. I mean, the thing, the threats to Brighton bring, Brighton are one of the few sides, okay, that come to Anfield and go to play us whenever they play us. They're one of the very few sides who will press us high up. Yeah. And Fulham did it as well at the start of the season. They don't allow the likes of Virgil van Dijk to pick his head up. They don't allow Fabinho to settle on the ball. Yeah. But Thiago, talk to me. He's back fit. He's back, He's back fit. fit, which is the main thing. He's probably not. He's probably not going to go to the World Cup. Which, to be honest, couldn't care less. Gets a month Ooh. off. So Thiago yeah, isn't going to the World Cup. Nope. 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 No. Nope. Like his international career is pretty much is pretty much over. Well, for whatever reason, Luis Enrique just doesn't fancy him. But, and the thing is, he's honest, got Gavi and Pedri to pick from. So yeah, yeah, I get that. But how does he not even make the team? That's, That's bizarre. bizarre. But to, yeah. uh, to be honest, I don't care because <laughs> he yeah. gets a rest. So, but I think the midfield battle will be key because this season I feel like that everyone's like, right, we can get at the Liverpool midfield. Now, like we just, we press them a little bit and that midfield is going to part like the Red Sea and then we can get straight through. And I feel like that's the main thing. If Liverpool can get the midfield clicking again, then I feel like the whole like the machine starts working again because the engine room, which is the Liverpool midfield, ha hasn't been functioning very well this season. Like players not being fit, starting James Milner. There's so much pressure on Harvey Elliott to basically perform at 19 after coming back from his ankle injury. So there's lots of pressure on him to perform. And yeah, so that midfield is crucial. Win the midfield battle, I think... I think we'll beat Brighton. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to be a scrappy game, but I think we might just beat Brighton like 2-1. It'll be a nervy game. I agree. Um, Joe, how do you... Are you are you, go, go, are you able to get up there tomorrow or you got to be trying no. to watch it by ver various means that are available to people? I will be trying to find somewhere, something, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, I can't get up there, unfortunately. Um, but... Yeah, I'm I'm nervous. I always, you know, Brighton are playing Liverpool. Like, if you told me ten years ago Brighton would be playing Liverpool in a league game, I would tell you you're absolutely mental. <laughs> um, so for me, still, I know we've been in the Premier League. This is our sixth season, but for me, even now, like when we play teams like you guys, City, United, and we're putting in performances against them, I just sit there in absolute awe of the fact that my football club that almost didn't exist 25 years ago um, is playing in the, the highest level of English football. And it's 
yeah, I just absolutely love it. Um, massive test tomorrow for Deserby. I'm not expecting anything, so I'm just going to sit back, enjoy my football again because it feels like bloody lockdown. Yeah, uh, football being <laughs> taken away from us. Um, <laughs> bit of PTSD going on, but um, yeah, I'm I'm excited, um, but nervous. <laughs> I be honest, right? I I hate playing Brighton for the for the simple reason. They're very good at what they do. You're very good at pressing the ball and pressing in bunches and winning the ball high up. McAllister, I think, has been transformed as a player. Sides look at what Joel Linton has done at Newcastle and that he's been transformed into a central midfielder. McAllister's on another level to him. He's, he's, a, he's a crazy player. I you think, know? I think I, the reason why people pick out Joel Linton is because of how bad, bad he was. Like, yeah, I think that's yeah. more the difference. It's from the comparison of the level. Like, I think yeah, I just I just look at Brighton in general, and I just think that I started taking real notice when um, when you signed Andy Webster for Bristol City, and uh, you paid the big you paid a big fee for him twenty million, I think it was. Yeah, and I thought yeah. Web, I, Webster at the time at City was good, but I didn't think he was that good. And when he went to Brighton, and Potter got hold of him. And he settled into a back three, and he he started messing with how Brighton were playing. Always said mm. you're a good, you're a once, you're a striker away from being a really good side. Mm. And by hook or by crook, you've stumbled across a fit Danny Welbeck. <laughs> and it's like Danny Welbeck. I remember watching years ago, right? I remember watching England under twenty ones, and Welbeck and Sturridge were playing up front. And I thought, I looked at Sturridge was a, on loan at Bolton at the time. And I looked at him and I thought, these two are going to be something else, man. These two are going to be ridiculous when they, when they develop at 25, 26, 27. We saw Sturridge and we saw glimpses of what Sturridge could do, you know. But his, again, his body never allowed him to play. Danny Welbeck, the same. His body never allowed him. And for me, I think if Brighton can keep him fit, I worry about us tomorrow if we're not on it. Yeah. If if we go in and we're not at a hundred percent, if we go in tomorrow at ninety five percent, thinking we're Liverpool, we're at home, we've got a good record and we're entitled, we'll get spanked. And I think the IX game, yeah, I think the IX game, we were good in patches, but we won it late. You know, we created plenty of chances, but we didn't take them. We weren't anywhere near clinical, so we have to be on it. And if you're not on it against Brighton, new manager or not, I don't think this manager is going to change anything. Why would you? It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Don't fix it. Yeah. Leave it the leave it the fuck alone. You know, and you'll yeah. you'll tweak it over time. You might get to January and think I can add this, that, and the other. But if I was handpicking a side to be playing first up after a three week break, this wouldn't be it. This wouldn't be it. Um, be Bournemouth. Play them again. Yeah, go go away to Bournemouth. It's a strange again. situation as well to, for Deserby to be picking up a squad that's fourth in the Premier League. Like yeah. you'd normally find a, a replacement manager picking up a squad that's completely out of form. Um, so yeah. it's gonna be, it must be a really weird thing for him to go into and into a squad that's really positive, just wants to crack on and, and carry on doing the job that they're doing because. If if we carry on, we we could be in for an absolute dream of a season. Like we were dreaming of Europe last season, we were sort of having jokes between conference us. Conference leagues are possibilities. Like conference yeah, exactly. leagues are not out of the question for 
exactly Brighton, that. Leeds, that for us Newcastle. would be that for us would be like the the biggest achievement this club's ever mm. touched or 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 sniffed. Um, so we're we're really excited for the the prospect. It's it's crazy. Look, I'll ask you straight up. What would you? What's your starting eleven for tomorrow? Uh, and your so, and your predicted scores and scorers. So I'll go Sanchez, obviously. Um, a back three. I would go for Veltman, Dunk, and Webster. I would have wing backs of Solly March and Leandro Trossard. Um, in the middle, I would have McAllister and Caicedo. Um, and up front, I would go with probably Danny Welbeck, Pascal Gross. Uh, and the last one's a bit of a... Maybe I'd, I'd like to see what Undav could do. If we could sort of start Gross behind two strikers. Um, we just got to go for it tomorrow. There's, that there's is a proper 3-4-1-2, isn't it? It's so attacking, yeah. isn't it? When you it think is, about but it. I think it, it, way they, it suits the way they play. Mm, it just suits them to a team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Kevin, uh, what, what would your... Or sorry, not Kevin. Uh, Joe, what, what score would you go for tomorrow? Uh, I'd take a repeat of last season. Um, two all again. I, I've said two all for two games now. And it just looks like Fair I'm enough. skimping out on it. But yeah, <laughs> no, I, no, I, no. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take any any point that I can get at Anfield. Fair play. Kevin, how would you see tomorrow's game going? As, as much as I love Brighton... I think Liverpool have probably had a bit of time to relax, kind of compose themselves and kind of figure figure out how they want to go ahead with this season. I think at home, I think obviously you guys are mostly fit, right? Thiago's back. Yeah. I just don't. And under a new manager of Brighton, I, I, I just don't see it going too well for them. Um, even though, like I said, I, I love Brighton and I think they're great, but I probably reckon you're probably going to win 2-0. I think, I think it'll be. Luke, are you sticking with your 2-1? Yeah, yeah, sticking with the 2-1. Sticking with the 2-1, I think. I think it's going to be better than the Ajax performance, but I, I, I do believe that we'll just scrape it, get the job done, which I think between now until the World Cup, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, how well teams are playing. It's just getting results. It's going to be all about momentum. I couldn't care if Liverpool played crap till now to the end of the until the start of the World Cup, as long as we're picking up results. Yeah. So, take 2-1. No, that, that's fair. Um, what would your starting eleven be for us tomorrow? Um, I'd have Alisson in goal. I'd have Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Simicas. I'd go Fabinho, Thiago. <sighs> Decisions. I don't know. What that... It's got to be Elliot. So Elliot. I'll go Elliot. Because Henderson's not back yet, and then I'd go, um, yeah, Salah, Jota, Diaz, just like Chris said. I was going to say Henderson in midfield, but he's barely played, and I know Henderson playing in playing in the eight isn't particularly popular. I wouldn't want to see it personally, but I feel like I, that, that balance in midfield could I be think important. I could go with that eleven as well, but it wouldn't surprise me if um, Klopp throws a couple of spanners in. Because he doesn't tend to play sub players who come back from long flights straight away. So Diaz might be the one who might um, miss out, depending on how far he's had to come. 
Could be Bobby and Jota. Could be. Yeah, again, Jota. What's going on with Nunes? I think think he's bedding in. I think think he's bedding in. I think the fact that Jota missed all the pre-season, it was like, well, Nunes, you're going to have to be starting straight from the get-go. And I don't think the club wanted to start him straight away. I, I do believe that if... If Jota and Firmino were, well, if Jota was fit, Jota would have been starting the season up front. And then you could have slowly bled in Nunes. But obviously, since he's had to start straight away, then obviously. And then missing the, you know, the red card was his own fault. Yeah, but that was three. Really he's only yeah. started like three games. I mean, it's yeah. not like he's been starting every week. Where it's like no, but he's, he's missed the three games with the suspension as well. Mm. So. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how he's going to go. I think the back five will pick itself. I think Fabinho and Thiago play. I think Elliot plays, but I think Henderson will be first change to rest Thiago, uh, you know, to manage Thiago's minutes coming through. Um, Carvalho is one option. Um, I don't know how he's going to go at the front. Salah's going to start. You know, Salah's nailed on. He's going to start. He came back early from Egypt. So he's going to start. It's just going to be a case of who goes with him. I think we'll. I think I hope we'll win it two one. Um, but it is literally like it is. I don't know what to expect from us. I truly don't. So with me, I'm. I'm fingers crossed. We can get a win. I'd be more interested in getting a performance tomorrow. If we get a performance, play well, win. That can give you the confidence to really kick on because especially we've got Rangers got, in the Champions. We've got League. Rangers in the Champions League, and it's nonstop. Exactly. It's non-stop from here on in. Listen, uh got to do a bit of housekeeping. So, uh, pay the bills, as you do. All right. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with, when faced with challenges in life. But when, it, when you learn how to find your own solutions, there is no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver by making it easier to solve your problems. Uh, guys, I'm sorry about this, but it, it is a bit of a struggle to get through this stuff sometimes. It's just how it's how it's uh, how it is. Um, no matter no matter how big or small, if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, then BetterHelp is a great option. It's accessible, affordable entirely online um uh, you can you get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey you can also switch your therapist at any time when you want to be a better problem solver therapy can help visit betterhelp.com forward slash day trippers and get 10 percent off your first month that's better help.com forward slash better help um IP Vanish is a VPN or VPN partner. Uh, yeah, it's coming. We knew that was coming. IP Vanish is actually really good. A uh, few of us have, tra- have used it now, and you know, if you are in the market for a VPN, you get ten percent off with uh, Day Trippers uh, in as your in your in the, in the bar at the end when you're paying for it. Uh, it's ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers for your discount. And the last one is Paramount Plus. 
Now, I can't be dealing with Rio Ferdinand. He wrecks my he wrecks my head. <laughs> he really does. When you've got no choice, but you're watching Champions League and it's Rio Ferdinand. He him and Owen just go through me like rusty blades. But Paramount Plus do the Champions League, and you have Thierry Henry, you have Jamie Carragher. And he's not the Sky Sports Jamie Carragher. He's the Jamie Carragher who has a personality. And Mika Richards. And I tell you what, the three of them are absolutely hilarious. I've seen clips of and them. They are hilarious. They are so absolutely hilarious. And if you're if you're looking for somewhere to watch Champions League football, Paramount Plus is the place to go. It's $10 a month. You can't go wrong. It, and the quality, you know, the, the, the coverage is brilliant as well. The commentary is absolutely outstanding. So... I would definitely be looking at giving Paramount Plus a go. And you can't go wrong, like I said. Tenor a month, great content, great pundits who are actually allowed to be pundits for some good reason. Good commentators too. No good commentators too. And no McManaman. <laughs> no McManaman. Thank God. You cannot go wrong. There's a Peter Drury on commentary because I'll take that one. It is Peter Drury. Oh, for ten dollars a month, it's Peter Drury, and I tell you what, you there is no better buckle than Peter Drury when you when you're looking for uh, commentary on football. Full stop for me for my money anyway. Right, uh, last one. Uh, look, guys, the reason I struggle with this, I've got dyslexia, and I struggle reading print sometimes. That's why I normally, if I'm in Luke's spot and Chris is hosting, Chris gets to do all this stuff, but. <laughs> Is what it is. Next time, Kev, I'll do it for you. Don't worry. Next. Time, oh yeah, next time you are doing it. You're definitely you're definitely <laughs> get, uh, earning your stripes next time. I promise. I'll even I'll lay you up with a a nice intro for it as well. I promise. Yeah. <clears throat> but the last game, and by no means the least game for this weekend, is Manchester City Manchester United. I mean, Manchester derby is something that's come of note now in the last what since they got money, basically. Because, in fairness, even Manchester United fans, uh, I know that it was fairly well down their totem pole of importance. Yeah. yeah. You know, but in recent years, City have jumped leaps and bounds, and now they are they are the, the team. They are the, they are the benchmark that everyone has judged against. You know, Kevin, how you know going into going into this, this is a proper test now for Ten Hag. You know, mm. it's it's like he's had a good start. He's he's got them playing. He's got you playing in a in a in a way that's effective for the players that he's got. Have you been surprised by him? Um, I was the, the one. The only thing that's probably surprised me is I expected him to be incredibly stubborn with the way he plays, like Klopp and Pepper, and I'm really happy that he wasn't. Because as much as I want to play that way, like we just we just don't have the team for it at the moment. Like we don't have the players. Um, but from what I've seen of him, I've been I've been impressed. Like we, I, th- I think those first two games was I think we were played well in preseason, got some good results, and I think the players just probably relaxed a bit. And then as soon as Brentford happened, I think they all got shut up their asses and they kind of woke up a bit. But City's always a weird game for me because. I'm always terrified, but we seem to do reasonably well. Like, if I think if you probably looked over the last four or five years, we've we've nicked quite a fair, fair few games off them, and that's what it has been—just nicking them really. Um, 
And I think City this year, despite Haaland, who's obviously a joke, I think City look beatable. I think Newcastle taking a lead. Palace did the same. I, I know they've had a couple of draws as well. Um, and listen, goal going forward, they look great. But I just think if we play it the right way, we could get at them. I'm still not confident. I still think we'll lose. But with the way that Liverpool, and we played against Liverpool and Arsenal, yeah. getting big results against the bigger teams... I think we've got a chance. So, it'd be Joe, Kevin touched on Erling Haaland. Um, apart from being a freak, uh, is he being blown up too much, or is it a case that is it a case for me? Look, I was surprised when I was watching Pep's news conference earlier. He sent the Man City physio to Norway with Haaland to help him through the international break. I mean. That I've never heard of. I that to me is a new. That was a new one for me. It's happened but before, it, Kev. I think it's happened before, not with City, but I think it's happened with players. Like the clubs have taken the physio. It's like, yeah, make sure that you watch our player. Make sure that he's not overplayed. I think it has happened. Yeah, I before, was surprised. Yeah. I didn't know if the FA, the Norwegian FA, might be up for it or not. But the player was determined to have him, but. Are they very? Are they being? Are they more one-dimensional this season, Man City, Man City Joe? From what you from what you've watched of them, it's um, it's a weird one for them because since Aguero, they've not had the the target to be playing towards. I'm not saying Aguero was a target man by any means, uh, but what I mean is a, a focal point in attack and it gets them ticking. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne does that wonderfully. Um, they've had Gabriel Jesus until he moved on, but he was played in all sorts of positions by Pep. Um, but yeah, I, I do think they're, they're one-dimensional and, and just getting it up to Haaland. And as you say, he's an absolute freak. He's going to score bags of goals if he stays fit. Um, I don't think he's being hyped, Haaland himself, because I really do think he's he's going to be one of the very best. We're going to talk about him like we talk about Ronaldo and Messi. Um, he's that good, um, in my opinion. Um, and um, I, what I wanted to ask you guys earlier was, do you think it was unfair on Nunes to be compared to Haaland coming into the Premier League at the same time? I don't think you can control what the media narrative is going to be. Mm. I think it's just unfortunate that ha- that they both, well, they both came into the league at the same time. Darwin was bought for big money. And Kevin will tell you exactly the same thing. If you want to get clicks and likes on a story, you link Manchester United, you link yeah. Liverpool, uh, you link Barcelona. Manchester City, you link Barcelona, and you will get you will engineer a story where one exists or whether it doesn't. Yeah. I just look. He's six foot. Darwin is six foot two. He's a centre forward coming into a new league. Darwin six foot five, six foot four. Or sorry, Haaland six foot four, six foot five, coming into a new league. Both playing for huge clubs. Both playing for exceptional managers. It was yeah. all, they were always going to get compared. It's mm. just for me. It's important for fans to get wise to how the media are spinning stories, not just about these two, but about store about players in general that you have to, why are they, why is the media releasing a story triggering fans of either club 
is to do nothing more than generate clicks and likes yeah. and yeah. get attention. And the more Thank fans you. start to see through that, the better off football, I think, will be in the long run. It was the same with Harry Maguire. It's like no Man U fan ever thought Harry Maguire was going to be Van Dyke, But because of the price tag... They get compared well, to Van Dyke. Why has not helped himself either? No, very big a, mouth to go with that big forehead. Why is an absolute mess? But my, my point more is, yeah. I don't I, like like Kev said. You can't really control the way the media will spin stuff. But they were both two young strikers, big strikers, played quite similarly. But yeah, Haaland was always a level above. I think no one ever really yeah. thought Nunes was even close. Yeah. Um. I think Haaland's great. I don't think he'll be on the level of the Ronaldo Messi's just because I don't think he has anywhere near the same amount of skill as an overall game. I think he's an incredible finisher and I think he'll get compared to the likes of the Suarez's R9s in terms of one of the best centre forwards of all time. But I don't think he'll be on the Ronaldo Messi levels. Yeah, I kind of tend to agree with that mainly because of the work that you watch Messi do or Ronaldo do when he was at Madrid playing out on the wing. It, it's it's a different position. The only thing I look at with City, they try to find him. If I mean, Gavin's often been on here, and he's it is right. City are playing football with ten men, and Haaland hangs around the box. He's that kid, that annoying school kid. You know, that just like hangs around in the box and always scores and runs off as the big I am. He doesn't do anything else. He doesn't get involved in the build-up. He doesn't get involved in a football. He's not interested in anything until it's in or around the 18-yard box. And then he comes alive. He's a nightmare. He's an absolute nightmare. I think it's, I I kind of disagree in terms of, yes, on the ball, maybe he doesn't do as much as probably he should. But I think the just pure fear that he puts into that whole defensive midfield, wherever he goes, everyone follows. And I think mm. with the way City play with picking passes and just picking teams apart as is, I think him bringing players out, it just opens up so much. Um, so I, I do agree in terms of like, he doesn't do as much on the ball, but I think in terms of the way City break teams down, I think he's actually vital, but just not in terms of on the ball. Yeah, I think that's why they're scoring so many goals this year as well. I'm more scared to face him this season than I was to face Ronaldo last season when yeah. we played United. Because, um, as you say, like just just having him on the football pitch strikes fear among yeah every, everyone playing against yeah. him. Oh, so. I'm terrified. I saw that in the West Ham game, like the first game. Like West Ham weren't sure whether not to push up high or or sit low, and in the end, it was like a mid block. Kevin De Bruyne just hit a through ball. Looked like that it was over hit, and Haaland touches the ball once, and that was just to put it in the bottom corner. Yeah, I think you almost feel bad for West Ham though, because they were the first game, they were kind of the testers of like figure him out and like you can deal with that. I can remember that Friday night that we did the we did the show, and Mm. we were looking at it thinking, Yeah, West Ham last season, they were a tough side, you know, they did well, they might, you know, they're solid, they're. They were blown apart for God's sake. Yeah, they just rolled over. I, I couldn't believe how easily they were they were dispatched in the end. But I'll come back to Joe a sec. Um, Manchester United and Manchester City. It's it's one of those games, isn't it? That how do you how do, I, I would say how do you think it's going to go? Because sit. 
United looked like they they're made for playing on the counter. Ten Hag will have no you you I wouldn't be surprised if Castamira starts. Yeah. Uh, maybe even McTominay. And he might sacrifice Bruno to play Ericsson as well. I don't know. I don't think that. I, I, I just look at it. I think if they got the pace up front and they can counter, they've got a real chance here, haven't they? Or yeah, they? I don't uh, know. They Obviously, with um, Rashford had a, had a good month, obviously one player of the month. And Ten Hag, manager of the month. I, I know people say that comes with a curse, but maybe he might be the guy that, that breaks it. Obviously, the, the new guy, Anthony, that's coming from Ajax, knows the manager really well. And we're going to see a little bit more of a harmonious team than we have seen Man United, I think. Um, and that's, I think Ten Hag's trying to get the soul back into Manchester United. That's what we've just seen completely soulless Man United for the last five five, six seasons or however long it's been since, you know, the, the sleeping giant analogy comes into mm. it. And forgive me for my ignorance. Is it being played at Old Trafford or the Etihad? It's at the Etihad, I think. Because that... So. I'm, I'm not sure. I can check though. I can't remember. That actually. plays a big part for what I think, how I think the game will go. If United were at home, I'd say United win. No, it's at Etihad. Um, it's at the Etihad. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think... It's going to be a, a more of a struggle, more of a pressure for um, for United, I think. Um, but then you could look at it another way and think, okay, they're away from home. There's no expectation for them to go out and beat Manchester City with Haaland and the multi-billion pound squad that they've got. Um, so it'd be really interesting, but I, I I do think City will have a bit too much for United. Go on, throw a score on it, mate. Uh, let's go with... I'll go 2-1, City. And Luke, how do you see this one playing out? My head goes 3-1, City. My heart goes 2-2, draw. I wish they could both lose, but they can't. So a draw is But I think Haaland's going gonna, gonna to leave with a brace or something like that. But yeah, yeah it's going to be a difficult one. City with, with Haaland in it. Yes, they may look like that. They play with 10 men. But City are so good technically on the ball that they can get away with him not being involved so much in the build-up play. Because all he's got to do is just uh, right, just wait in the middle. Avo with yeah. his customary uh, seven-four. Yeah, that'd be something. Um, Kevin, how do you see United lining up? Because I watched Holland in the week, and I thought it was interesting that. Uh, Van Hal played Malassia as a left centre back, yeah, in a back three, and in that role he bombed on like a lunatic. Yeah, you know, yeah, made three. I don't know left, what he's doing, but he left. It was uh, they played himself at the end. It was uh, Malassia, Van Dyke, and Timber, mm. and Van Dyke was left on the. You know, if one goes, the other stayed. Yeah, and Virgil was just the ever present. Going tomorrow. First lineups, uh, lineups. I, I feel like it's pretty set. I think the only question will be Casemiro and McTominay purely based on just like if Casemiro, like if Ten Hag feels like Casemiro is ready for the way we want to play. I, I like your comment earlier about Bruno. I think he's actually going to be like incredibly necessary. I think this year he's played a lot, a lot of different of a role. Um, besides mm. every now and then when. Ten, ten, I was putting him on the right just to 
close out a game. But a lot of the time, he's, he's more played as a, a two eights with Ericsson, yeah. and he's put in a lot of the running. I think he does. He puts a massive shift in for us, and so I think I think it's pretty obvious. I think it'd be De Gea, Dallo, who I think has been one of our best players of the season yeah, so he's far. Good this year. Um, Martinez, Varane. I'm so happy Varane got rested in that second France game. It just reeked of him getting injured. So I'm happy he got he got subbed, but I didn't play. Uh, it'll be Malassia. Then I said it would be between Casemiro and McTominay. I wouldn't blame him for playing McTominay. He's been he's played really well, and also for Scotland, he was incredible as well. So I wouldn't. Yeah, blame he him was playing good. Um, then I think it will be Ericsson, Bruno. Then I think Sancho, Rashford, and Anthony. If Rashford is fit, um, might be Martial because he was in training all week, wasn't he? But those it'll be between out. it'll be between Ronaldo or Martial, if not. But I, I, I'm praying it's Rashford because I think he suits playing against this team perfectly. In terms of the result, if, if I'm going with my head, I'd probably see us losing like three one. But like, it would just be the menu way to go and beat him like two one or something like that. But um, I think it'll probably, we'll probably lose three one if I'm honest. Yeah, and the only reason I said about uh, Bruno and Ericsson, I think there's a good chance that he plays with two sixes mm. and has one eight rather than two, and it's just to because of the amount of possession that City will have in midfield, having does having Casemiro. And McTominay would give the extra protection, you yeah. know. But I, if he went with the one and two eights, it, it probably releases the out ball that bit easier. Yeah, Ericsson, just, Ericsson's been a revelation to me in that position. I, he's been the best player in his I've locker, seen. to be honest. He's been. I was very skeptical. I, I, I obviously everyone knows how great he is, but no one knew what Ericsson, what Ericsson would get. We didn't know how many minutes he could play. Obviously, we saw a great second half of the season at Brentford, but no one really knew what he'd have to do when he's playing maybe in a pressing team compared to a team sitting back and playing. Um, but I think Ericsson's been incredible. I just think if we don't play Ericsson or Bruno, we will really struggle in transition. Yeah. I just No, I think I, you play one, one or the yeah, other. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think we need both. If you play both, both it's a gamble. I kind of think we need both because I think if you just put one of them on the pitch, City will just put Rodri on one of them. That, that one guy... And we won't have anything because I think Rodri is the best DM in the world. I think, yeah, I think yeah, he, he would just right. he would he's... take him out. He'd completely take him out of the game if there was only one of them. Um, so I just kind of think you need one of the two. So one's free at all times, really. It's going to be a really good game. It's, it's I, I could see United getting a draw. Um, we don't I, lose at the Etihad a lot. We don't exactly. I think you've got a good record there, and I don't think City. For all of the huff and puff that Haaland has given them, I think with the players that they're missing at the back, Akanji coming in has been a good signing. Uh, no, Laporte. Yeah, Laporte is a very a, close, yeah. maybe, but you Stones know, is definitely out. Stones definitely out. Them. So you might have Diaz and Akanji. Uh, what's his oh, name? Okay. Cancelo and Cancelo left yeah. back. Uh, Walker maybe a right back. Mm. You know, it's. I think it's a defense we could get at. And I think exactly. If we play it the right way, we could definitely get a result. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quietly optimistic. Yeah. The only Someone thing you look at. See the that's, same amount as Liverpool City. Yeah. I think the only thing you look at is Martinez. To me, I think he could be. He has to be really disciplined. And uh, mm. 
he can't be reckless and lunging. And yeah. I mean, he's always going to get picked on because of his height, and you're not going to get a, strong, a, a stiffer test than Haaland coming in, try yeah. you know, aerially. <clears throat> so Varane is going to be key to marshalling him through the game. But this doesn't. There's so much in this that I thought. I look at the three games and. You can make credible arguments for all six getting, you know, positive results. Mm-hmm. So that to me is all shaping up for a, for a great weekend. Yeah, I so, think every game looks good this weekend. I think I yeah. looked at every single game this week and I went, I There's couldn't guarantee you a that. result. Yeah, I couldn't guarantee you a result. Yeah, I'd definitely be keeping my uh, my my money in my pocket this weekend and see mm-hmm. how it fares. Uh, how many of you guys are doing your fan- doing the fantasy football? Yeah, I, I, I still bad at it. I always do it at the start of the year, but I I never keep up with it. So God knows how many players I've got injured at the moment or something. Yeah, talk about my fantasy league. I've dropped off yeah. massively. We've got a league with money on the line, so I'm I'm right on it every time. You're right on it, are you? Yeah, yeah. I think Harlan's carrying me. To be fair, I've got one of the idiots that didn't put him in. I put I had Kane for like the first four weeks, and eventually realised I was stupid and changed my mind. <laughs> I've managed to engineer it so I've got both of them. I do now, thank yeah. God, because I got rid of Salah because he's. Yeah, I sacrificed Mo in the hope that yeah. it might oh. kickstart him. Excuse me. Yeah, you've done what? I've done everything possible to jinx Haaland and give Mo the the help that he needs by taking him out of my. Side. Hey, I have got Haaland and Salah both in my team. I'm keeping them both. Haaland Fair and play. Salah. Fair play. But anyway. Kev, you've got a busy. Well, you're back streaming again now. Uh, yeah. You're you're back on Twitch, and so what's the story, What's going on with you at the minute? FIFA 23 just, came out. The official launch today. Yeah, just been playing a lot. Obviously, I was one of the lucky people that could afford to get the ultimate edition, so I, I've had it for a few days now. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I've been playing that for the last few days. I I love it. Um, yeah, back streaming, doing YouTube, doing all the all the stuff. I need to be doing but yeah I mean it's a good game hopefully people enjoy it that's that's all you can really hope for I think people take the game a bit too seriously sometimes and I think people probably need to just chill out a bit and enjoy the game compared to stressing a bit too much like I do <laughs> yeah in fairness it was different for you because in fairness it was your job for a while so yeah yeah exactly, exactly. It, it, it's a it's a different kettle of fish but Joe do you play or uh, yeah I, I play pretty casually um, yeah. I've met, met the uh, a career mode man because um, I, I just like the fact that I can I can just quit a game or, or start again I, I'm one of those that doesn't like losing and, and rage is a, a bit too much and my wife slaps me and tells me off um, but no um, I, I, I picked up the game this year I got the ultimate edition as well because mm. uh, I would like to get on things early um, I get a lot of fo- uh, FOMO um, so yeah it was it's, it's, it's alright there's a few little things that really annoy me like our kit not looking a hundred percent right or accurate I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist so maybe i, I should take your um advice kevin and, and not take it too seriously and just play it yeah. <laughs> i think that's what video games are made for and i think the way the world yeah. is now it's just everyone takes it too seriously Actually, you gotta yeah. laugh sometimes because yeah. too many times i've cried not literally but got very upset <laughs> video games Va- vase of flowers is a good one there lma manager on the old ps1 and P- yeah, it's PS1 and PS2. That was such a good game. That was, was so much old. fun. Yeah, that was so much fun because 
it was the closest thing that PlayStation ever got to creating like a football manager game. Mm. And they never went back to it. It was Codemasters made it. And um, it was it was so much fun. I mean, once you've been in it and once you took your seasons on and you skipped them and skipped them and skipped them, you're like into 2015, 15 years later and you've got the kids of the current players playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely mental. But, yeah, I understand with you guys. I got the Ultimate Edition as well and started playing, but I'm very, very casual with it. But it's... It's good. It's it's a good bit of fun. It's a good bit of escapism. Uh, yeah. As long as you keep your money in your pocket and not throwing it into games, there's mm. going to be plenty of creators out there. And Kevin's going to be doing stuff as well on his channel. I'd imagine yeah. through the year of showing people how you can create an ultimate team without having to spend money just yeah, by yeah, playing the game. and a lot money. of money at at uni and exactly. And uh, luckily, I don't spend any money at all. Like, yeah. at, at all, apart from getting the game. So, yeah. I, I used to have to. I used to spend about four grand a year just because <laughs> I had to for the, the professional. Jesus. Yeah, it was about four grand a year because well, of the professional stuff. You knock, some myths, knock some myths on the head, on the head now because mm. people assume that if you're a pro, you're given yeah. the players. Oh, no. No. I, I mean, you have to basically save up a bloody car deposit just to compete every year. I mean... I, I've, I've, I have a friend who spent 160,000 FIFA points, which for anyone who doesn't know is about a thousand pounds. And the best player he got was worth 40,000 coins. And he's a professional. So like, trust me, we do not get given them at all. We all have, we all have to work the same for him. It's just, we have to, we have to put a lot more on when we're competing. Luckily I don't do the competing as much anymore. So I get to go road to glory like everyone else. Um, and I quite enjoy it that way because I feel like I've actually got something to work towards. So um, yeah, that's what so, I'm doing it this year. So yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, your mate would have absolutely fucking hated me in the week. <laughs> oh, he would have. I, uh, I sent Kevin I a picture. Of, yeah, I know. <laughs> I sent Kevin a picture of my team, and last year, throughout the whole year, all the way through, including all of the eighty-five ten packs at the end, not once did I pack and pack and bap it. And I managed to get him. Oh, I, saw I managed that. to get him before the game came out. I was like, "Oh yes, mad yes." And you know I'm what? Still annoyed. Do you know what the signal is? In about, I I turned fifty in a couple of in a in about uh yeah in about six weeks, mm. and I'm getting getting myself a new Xbox as uh, the Series S, and I can't transfer it from PS4. To, oh, to Xbox, so yeah. I'm gonna have to start because you can't get a PS5 for love, no money, they, they can't be got, especially over here. And I ain't got 700 and odd quid to be spunking yeah, on a uh, video yeah, game true. when I got kid, kids and grandkids to be buying for so Christmas. You're permanently so. moving over to the Xbox, then, yeah, I think so. My young fella's has got the Series X, and he's um. Sure, there may, there may actually be a way for you to do it, you know, because it's cross-platform this year. I'll try and figure it out for you. You may be able to transfer it over. Oh, I hope so, because I'd hate to yeah. put all the work in now and yeah. lose it. But look, <laughs> <laughs> if not, uh, there's got to be a PS4 or PSN account going with Mbappe. <laughs> uh, DM me for, uh, you know, we'll, we'll if you're talk. interested. Yeah, will add but, extra because Mbappe's on it. <laughs> yes, it's going to be very extra because Mbappe's on it, and he's first owner. But if um, you know, 
we're knocking on the head from there. Bobby's Wish to Walk is doing really well. I had a quick look on there today, and for those of you who don't know, I'm assuming everyone in the chat knows by now, Bobby needs to go to America for an operation to cure, um, well, it's not, it will ease, he struggles with uh, spasticity in his legs, He's, is, and he can have an operation that will help him walk and get about like every other kid in his class. And he's six grand off of, he's under six grand now, he's under six grand off of 150,000 to go to America. So we're nearly there. The link is in the description. The link is our pinned tweet on our Twitter account. Click into the story. Have a read of Bobby's story. If you can donate, great. Laura's just checked in there. Five, six, fifty to go. That's it. You know, when we first started talking about this, we were 120 grand away. And that's only a few months ago. You know, so we've taken away all of the options to donate money on the channel. You can't spend money on anything to do with us, but you can click into the link. If you can donate, great. If you can share it, fine. You know, brilliant. It's going to be fivers and teners and 20 quids that are going to get Bobby there. All right. Mm -hmm. That's how these things work. And it does work. And we've seen already with Sienna the this operation makes such a difference and we can get it done and he can get his operation and he can get back for Christmas. And then it's just the rehab into the new year. It's not far away. We can get there. All right. All of your help is greatly appreciated. Please share the link on your socials, share it into your WhatsApp groups, ask people to read it and pass it on. If they can't donate, that's absolutely fine, but it costs nothing to pass it on. That's all we'll ask. All right. Joe, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Where can people find you guys? No problem. Um, so we are Albion Obsessed um, on Twitter, Facebook, every single social media that you could possibly think of. We will be there under the name Albion Obsessed. We do interviews with players, ex-chairmans, fans, the lot. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to come over and, and see what we're on about in the Brighton community, Albion Obsessed is the place to go. Brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate no it. Really appreciate uh, you having okay, me. Mate. Uh, Kevin, yourself, what are you up to at the minute? And uh, where can people find your content? Uh, obviously, it's just at Clutch Run School FIFA. Um, most of it, like it's the same out on all of them, but most of them will be on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok. They're the main four. Um, so yeah, I'll be streaming actually over on YouTube from now on, uh, uploading videos and but same on TikTok. So if you if you've got any interest in FIFA and you want to learn how to get better or just uh, have any questions. I'm always, I'm always free to be chat, yeah. like chat questions at. So well, if, if, if you're going over to Kev's channel, like comment and subscribe, subscribe but yeah. leave your comments underneath <clears throat> the videos and any questions that you have on the game, you'll definitely get back. No, Chris, no. <laughs> no. Chris, no one uses that anymore. <laughs> just No. Be, yeah, I was going to say oh next thing the Bebo account will be coming up. I was barely alive when MySpace was the <laughs> Yeah. But look, definitely check out the content. I was watching Kevin streaming the other night. The guy's an incredible player, and you will pick up tips. You definitely will learn. Appreciate All right. It. It's, you. you know, give it a go. Check out YouTube. Comment on the stuff below. And the same with the Albion Obsessed stuff. 
give the guys some support. You know, they're giving up their Friday nights to come and talk to us. It's really appreciated. Leave the comments and subscribe and like the channel as well. Really helps everybody out. Um, Luke, what are you up to, mate? What am I up to? Um, what are you up to now for the for the next uh, few weeks? For my channel, um, I'll be doing stuff with uh, with Callum um, from Coppish and I'm from his own channel, Sanson's Show. We'll do some stuff stuff on the UFC, bit of, touching on a bit of boxing. Probably going to talk about the just Tyson Fury just being an absolute. <sighs> yeah, it is nutty. a bit like that, isn't it? At the minute with Tyson. Yeah. Willie won't he? Who's he going to fight? And yeah, who's yeah, going to watch when, his, when it's Manuel Charles? Someone should just take his phone away from him and say, "Get it's him, getting, get him." It's a bit old now, isn't it? Like you're fighting. You say you're that good. Just turn up, and we'll just get someone. We'll do WWE Royal Rumble. We'll just <laughs> just play someone's music, and then you'll just fight him. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but listen. Thank you all in the chat. Really appreciate it. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, on that note, we are definitely exiting stage left. <laughs> Thank you all for coming and good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.